Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lineup with Dave Prodan. I'm Dave Prodan, and this is episode 90. So the European Challenger Series leg has come to a completion. The Mayo Vizla Aracera Pro in Portugal, and then the Quicksilver and Roxy Pro France have set the stage for the showdown at Haleiva next month, determining who's next in terms of competing on the Elite Championship Tour in 2022. Congratulations to Ezekiel Lau and Luana Silva for their wins in Portugal, as well as Bruce Hennessy and Connor O'Leary for their wins in France last week. From the 2021 Challenger Series rankings, we'll be taking the top six women and the top 12 men, granting them admission onto next year's CT. At present, with one final Challenger Series event to go, the current qualifying surfers are for the women, Number one, Brisa Hennessy. Number two, Gabriella Bryant. Number three, Caitlin Simmers. Number four, India Robinson. Number five, Sawyer Lindbad. And number six, Vahin Fierro. And on the men's side, number one, Kanoa Igarashi, followed by Ezekiel Lau, Jake Marshall, Ima Kalani DeVault, Nat Young, Connor O'Leary, Luca Messinas, Zhao Xianca, Liam O'Brien, Griffin Colapinto, Carlos Munoz, and Caleb Hobson. Very interesting, and everything will be on the line at the upcoming Hollywood Challenger Series event from November 26th through December 7th. Do not miss it. All right, episode 90. Today's guest is someone who just claimed her third world title at the age of 22, making her the youngest three-time world champ in surfing history. A product of her environment, growing up on the north shore of Oahu, her family are as tapped into Hawaiian surfing as they come. And by all accounts, and in spite of her incredible accomplishments already, she's just getting started. We talk about all this and more. Please enjoy the lineup's conversation with Hawaii's Honolulu Bloomfield. The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? We can shut your fucking lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once. Let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. <laughs> All right. So we have three-time, now recently minted three-time world champion Honolulu Bloomfield on the lineup today. Honolulu, thanks for joining us. Hello. <laughs> and it is, it's Bloomfield, right? I know it's 1-0, but I got a little note saying it was Bloomfield. Yes, it is Bloomfield. Kind of confusing. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's, it's all good. How, how, how are you doing today and, and where are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I just moved into my new apartment in Carlsbad, actually, in California. So oh, I'm pretty cool. stoked on that. <laughs> uh, and have you spent a lot of time down in San Diego County? Is that sort of a, another home for you outside of Hawaii? Yeah, I actually moved to San Clemente. Like, I came for the summer last year, and then I loved it. So I moved in with a friend in San Clemente. And then... This year, I was like, oh, I kind of want my own place. Her lease was ending. So I came in June and was kind of like staying with friends till I found a place and then moved back in with my other friend in San Clemente and then just finally signed a lease here in Carlsbad. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah, it's cool. You know, we we talked to a lot of folks from around the world on the podcast, you know, folks from Hawaii and Indonesia and like really idyllic places and a through line for them is it's hard for them to leave, you know, um, whether it's yeah. to do the QS or to travel because they're such nice places. Is it hard for you to be away from Hawaii or or do you kind of find being on the West Coast is is better for you career-wise or, or personality-wise? I mean, at the moment, yes. I feel like my sponsors are here and a lot, like all my contests have been here in, or in Mexico, so it is kind of closer Here's closer to Mexico and everywhere that I kind of need to go. And Hawaii's honestly been kind of hectic. Like with COVID, it's like a perfect travel destination for people in the U.S. So it's been super busy. So I kind of have been enjoying myself here away from it all. Um, Traffic's really bad there at the moment, I think. (laughs) Um, So, 
yeah, it is kind of the place to be right now, but it is getting colder here. So that's new to me. <laughs> well, you got your probably your your fall line of O'Neill wetsuits ready to go. I do. I, I've had them for a while. They've been shelved. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you surf today? Are there waves down there today? Um, I was thinking of going out after this, actually. Oh, cool. But I think it, it is a sunny, nice day down here. So should be nice. And and when we're sort of in, I guess we have clean conditions. It's autumn here on the West Coast. There's little waves. Like, what's your sort of week to week routine? Do you do you surf every day? Do you surf for six hours a day? Is it once a week? How do, how often do you get out in the water? Um, I don't really have a routine. I'd say like whenever I kind of feel like it, at least like four times a week for sure. Right. I try to get out there, but sometimes I just get caught up in busy things, you know, like. I guess like I'll have a busy week or like have to do something for O'Neill or a contest or a photo shoot, you know, I try to get out there for sure. And I've been like busy moving and things. So it's been kind of hard. Oh, it, uh, I definitely want to get out there. Yeah. It is. <laughs> and I, I've never done it. So like, this is my first time living on my own. So I'm like, okay, what do I need like for the house? And then I have to like rent a U-Haul and it's just kind of hard. And I'm in between cars, so. <laughs> you, you got a lot going on outside the water. A lot going on, yeah. Along with those contests, I was like, it was like October was the most hectic month of my life, I think. <laughs> well, on the topic of contests, this is kind of air. Uh, two weeks after the event in Malibu. Um, so first off, congratulations. Thank you. What was it? What was it like? What was the vibe like on the sand with the competitive field and, and the world title on the line. Do you get nervous? Was it just nice to see everybody? Walk us through kind of your experience from that week. Okay, where do I start? <laughs> Wherever you like. Um, so I kind of got there the day before the contest and I caught a few waves. I kind of like to stay away from the whole scene until I have to be there. Mm -hmm. um, so I surfed like T Street and Cardiff Reef like the days prior. And then I went up there with my dad. He flew from Hawaii. And we saw everyone. The longboard community is like super kind of close and like a family. So that's really nice. And it's always nice to see your friends, like especially this time, because you couldn't see them for, right. I, I don't know, a year and a half. So it's like everyone coming together. Well, this was the surf ranch. I guess I saw them there. But it was like... The surf ranch had a limited amount of people, kind of. So right. Malibu, there was like a little more people on the beach and like more of like the Hawaiian family could come. So that was really awesome. I surfed the first day and all I wanted to do was make it through the day, you know. So right. I accomplished that. Like um, I had all my like Achilles, her mom, Kiani, like all that Hawaiian crew, they were down there like going on you got this like the first day and then unfortunately like a few people lost early but it was good for me i was pretty happy about that <laughs> um because i had to just make one more heat you know and right <clears throat> it's it was definitely a challenge i was like going to bed like thinking about oh my god Lindsay. like i've competed against her before and she's such a fierce competitor you know and she's an amazing surfer so i was like oh god and me and my dad were like, oh no. And then, you know, it's like, I don't really get nervous, which is nice. So like, as soon as I hit the water or like get down there for the day, it's like everything gets off my mind kind of. And like, when I hit the water, there's like nothing else but surfing. And like, I don't think of who's in my heat or like what score I need. I just catch waves and like, it just kind of comes to me, I guess, you know, and it's hard to explain because like not a lot of people can relate. Like I was talking to right. a few of my friends, I won't say names, but they were like, oh, are you nervous? And I'm like, I don't like really get nervous. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a blessing that I wasn't nervous or I don't have many nerves. Um, Has that so always I, been the case for you since you were young? You've never gotten nervous competing? Yeah, I guess like I'm just like kind of like fierce and I have this mindset of like I love winning <laughs> I guess so it's like anything I can do in my power to do that I will like do it and make it happen you know but yeah since I was little I 
I can't remember a time that I actually got nervous for a heat ever. And then like, as time goes on, it's like, it actually gets better. Like last year, a few years ago in the first world title, I was like a little nervous, like a little more than I was this time. But as time goes on and I have more experience, it like, it keeps getting like less and less nerves, I guess, if I had any in the beginning. Well, because that first one, that was what, 2017, you're 18, yeah. it's in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually, I think you were in the final against Lindsay Steinreide. Is that right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. And Lindsay's dad was my high school coach back at Capital oh, Valley. Wow. So I, I remember her from what she was like a little, little person and, and uh-huh. she's such a good surfer. But, and then the second world title for you was two years later um, in yeah. Taiwan again, and you had to beat Chloe Kalman. So are you kind of, what you would say is that la- a couple of weeks ago in Malibu, you're actually feeling like you're getting stronger and you're less nervous yes. than you were during those first couple. Yeah. Just based on like probably experience, like from the first one till now, I just have done it so many times and had so many like hard heats, you know, that it's like mm-hmm. gotten better. I don't really know how to explain that, but. Well, it's interesting, right? Because I think that we don't, I'm so excited to talk to you because we don't get to talk to a lot of longboarders on this podcast and there's just, there's so much shortboarding out there that that gets discussed. And in yeah. terms of you saying, like, I'm a very fierce competitor, that probably strikes people as as uh, uncommon, right? In the sense of people like, oh, I thought longboarding's kind of cruisy and, like, relaxed. And, like, even competitions yeah. seem like a real vibe compared to, like, the championship tour. Is that fair mm-hmm. or are there a lot of longboarders that that you kind of consider fierce competitors as well? I think everyone, honestly, like deep down is like just I feel like maybe I act cruise and like act like I don't care but like in my mind personally it's like I don't know like I have a really mathematical brain so like I'm gonna heat and I need this score like right or like I need this wave or like building a house like just kind of like technical things that I don't speak with anyone about but like in my brain it goes on like, I don't even speak to my dad about anything. Like, he tells me, oh, yeah, go out there and have fun. Like, he's there for, like, moral support, you know? But in my brain, it's, like, always running on, like, what I need to do or what. That's just yeah. something about me, I guess. That's, but I feel like everyone definitely does take it seriously, even though they may act like they don't. Right, right. I feel like there's a little bit of that. On, there's definitely been a little bit of that on the CT in the past, too. Like, I, I remember, I think, Yaden Nickel like way back in the day was commenting on Dane Reynolds and and he was like, people think he's this really cruisy guy. He's like, no one gets through the QS being cruisy. Like yeah. he wants to yeah. win, you know? And I think that's, that's a kind of a fair point for longboarding too. Your yeah. first two world titles took place in Taiwan and the waves there are really good, but it's, it's obviously a different vibe than Malibu. Like Malibu is such an iconic mm-hmm. wave with, with a rich surf history. Does that yeah. play on you at all when you're competing somewhere like Malibu? Does it feel just different in the sense of the community there and the culture and the history? I mean, yeah, it definitely feel this one definitely was crazy. Like I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like it is really, really special to me. Like that I won won the world title at Malibu where there's it's such an iconic wave, you know? And two uh one joel also one so like like he is my inspiration you know i don't know i'm just so stoked and thankful that i i could win in the same year as him at that at malibu and a little backstory is so my brother and i my mom used to take us to the msa classic it was like a coalition contest I don't know if you know what that is, but no, no, no. But maybe our our listeners probably don't either. So could you kind of give us some back? There's like one in Santa Cruz and like all up the coast of California, like down to Wind and Sea. I didn't really do that that one, but the Malibu MSA Classic Hawaii had a team, so I would come with my brother when I was ten. I had I hadn't done the contest, like I had never done. I've done like I had done Menahuni contest and like maybe a few NSSAs, like mini grom kind of but that was for shortboard because i used to sh- like love shortboarding and then i went to the msa classic and i was like oh my gosh like longboarding is so cool <laughs> like and that's where i saw like joel for the first time and 
Nathan Strom and like all those and like Michaela Smith, Lola, even like, I don't know, there's too many to name, but I met like a bunch of longboarders and I was like, wow, they're so cool. Like, I, I want to do that. And then my brother actually won the event. So I always would follow what he did. He rode a dirt bike. I rode a dirt bike. Like, you know, <laughs> having an older brother, two years older than you. Then he won the contest that year. And I was like, oh my gosh, mom, can I do it next year? And she's like, yeah, okay. So she takes me back the next year. I do the contest. It was like my first longboard contest that was like serious or more serious than a little menahuni contest. And I won the contest and like everyone kind of was like, oh my gosh, who's this girl? Like, so there was a shaper, Carl Olson. He's from Santa Cruz and he shapes for two pros. I remember his car, he pulled up and everything. And it was like a, I don't know, old school black car with like a two crows like logo on it. And I was like, um, or he comes up to my mom. He's like, can I make your daughter a surfboard? Like, I want to, I want to make your daughter a surfboard. So that was like, and it was a log and I had only been riding high performance boards like my whole childhood or like foamies, you know? Yeah. So he saw me there and he was like, wow, like she used her so good. Like she's going to be something, you know? So he kind of made me my first board and that built, like made started our relationship. And then until this day, like he still makes me boards. So it's been like 12, almost 12 years, you know? And yeah. just like having that support from when I was 10 years old from someone that kind of like started my career of like longboarding. And then to come back and win at a place that like I just got chicken skin it makes me like so so happy you know and then yeah I don't know it's a special wave with a lot of history I think and Mm -hmm. I even you as you kind of pointed out that's a beautiful story about it's a little bit full circle for you I I am interested in something you said because you'd been around surfing since you were very very little when Mm -hmm. you went there the first year for the MSA event, you saw, you mentioned you saw Joel and you saw Nathan and I think you said Kasia and you just said, oh, they look so cool and they just, it seems so cool. What was it about them and just longboarding that appealed to you compared to your other experiences in surfing at that time? Um, I just, I think it was because it wasn't as serious maybe. Right. Like, because like in the showboard scene, it's like everyone like doesn't really talk much or like right. at the time. And it's not like a genuine like I feel like longboarders actually care and like back people, you know. Whereas like showboarders, like serious, like I want to do good. And I mean, it's it's true. It's just like different, you know. But like longboarding, I just liked how cruise they were. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it makes a lot of sense, and I think kind of to what you're saying too. I don't feel like that's different than. It can still be very cruisy and supportive, but you can still be a very fierce competitor and you can be very competitive. Exactly. And that's what longboarding pretty much is. You know, Malibu um, has a long history of like, um, you know, great uh, female surfers as well. We mentioned Kasia Miador, um, there's mm-hmm. been Frankie Hare, and even, you know, someone like our seven time world champ, Steph Gilmore, has kind of a temporary residency um, in the Malibu area. Is there mm-hmm. anyone in, in that community or around there that that you kind of speak with ahead of events or try to get insight from you know do you you hang out with any of those folks um i do hang out with them i haven't really oh actually at malibu sarlo alan sarlo so before my on the finals day i met my okay so my dad and his mom, like, go way back with them besides, like, my history at Malibu. Like, so they would come to Hawaii and they were good friends with my grandmother. Uh, so I pulled up to the lot and my dad's like, oh, do you have any tips for her? Like, so he was the first guy that I saw when I pulled up in the lot. I feel like that's, he knows the way so well. He is Alan Sarlo. Like, he is Malibu. Right. You know? He's the so, sheriff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So my dad was like, oh, do you got any tips for her? He's like sit and wait out the back and I was like okay <laughs> so it's kind of like the only thing I remembered like he's like there's waves coming through and that was the only thing I pretty much remembered throughout the day which I I did sit and wait <laughs> in my quarter in my first seat that day besides that I I do hang out like I know 
I've known a few people there like that I've kept in contact with and it's always nice to see them even if it's not the contest I go up there like some weekends and it, I see the same people for the past 10 years and they're always so happy to see me and it's like my family like a second home you know right yeah. I'm curious since we're on the topic you know <laughs> um it's a third world title which is incredible and it's so fresh, so it's probably hard to answer this question right away. But do you feel like your life's changed since winning a third world title, like in terms of really anything, you know, conversations with your sponsors or plans for the future? And if it hasn't, I guess we can backtrack a little bit. Did it change after the first one for you? Mm, that's a hard question. <laughs> I, I think it definitely changes after every single one. Right. I feel like maybe... I just feel like more people see see me. I don't know. I get more sure. publicity or like more credibility maybe. Sure. Like where people are like, wow, three time. Like, I mean, because one is something, two is another thing. And then three, like since that, like, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's definitely like uh, I've gotten so many messages and people are just like, oh my gosh, like, you're an icon like all this stuff and then like change your bio i'm like oh my gosh like it's kind of overwhelming honestly right yeah like I, i've gotten so many messages and it's crazy like i never would have thought like when i was a kid or like even three years ago that like i would be this person like three-time world champion that's like crazy to me but i guess i do i work hard you know i i try my best and i work hard and i really love surfing so like it's so nice to have your hard work pay off to something, you know. Totally. And we always kind of say even on the shortboarding side like when you get 3 that kind of becomes a dynasty. You know, 1 and 2 are are really impressive, but like you've really cemented yourself as the premier women's longboarder of this age and that's a huge accomplishment. You're so young. <laughs> it's unbelievable, but I know. And I guess like I it, I'm the youngest three-time world champion. Yeah, that that alone is like I don't I don't know how how to feel honestly. I'm like, geez, but I do try hard, you know, and I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you're in uncharted waters, right? Because you are the youngest three time world champ, and I I kind of go back to what we were talking about before, where some people observing longboarding are like, oh, I didn't even know that they like to compete. But I remember mm -hmm. when Devin Howard took over the longboard property at the World Surf League and he and I were talking about it and he was friends with um, Joel Tudor and we we're mm -hmm. kind of focusing on this quote and, and I think Joel was talking about it in relation to his duct tape invitational and he's just like, look, like it's a, it's a misconception that longboarders are not competitive. Like, we just like to compete and perform in a specific style. And even the criteria in longboarding under Devin sort of evolved from what it was before. And you mentioned sort of starting on high performance longboards before moving to logs. And and I really think it's sort of concentrated attention on what you do and what longboarding is now in a really big way. Would you agree with that? Completely. I definitely agree with that. Like, I mean, not only has Devin like kind of moved it to okay so taiwan it's like i love the wave personally um i grew up in hawaii like so i'm used to that bigger bumpier windy like all conditions you know hawaii's so like different every single day and my dad used to make me surf in all conditions so i love taiwan but like for longboarding it's like is it realistic like to have it at a huge right left like kind of or it was a left point break but the harbor is like right left um, right but it's not really realistic and the fact that like Devin kind of took that into his own hands and moved it to California I mean maybe Taiwan wouldn't have been possible but I know that he wanted to change it to like a more like longboard wave so that was really cool and that was like huge for us to be able to compete like here in California at a perfect wave wave pool and then at Malibu, the best longboard wave in the world. So it has come a long way for sure. Totally. Thank you, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big thanks. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about a little bit of where you came from uh, next, but we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our partners. Be right back. Okay. 
WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. All right. So, um, you know, we, we touched on this a little bit in the opening segment, but you grew up on the North Shore. Is that right? I did. Tell us about uh, your family, mom, dad, brothers, sisters. What was it like? OK, um, I have two brothers and one sister. My sister's 12. My brother's 17 and my oldest brother is 24. So you're the second, second oldest. Yes middle child (laughs) um (laughs) well i was raised on the beach i like i said i grew up with an older brother um my whole childhood like till i was five and then got another brother my older brother used to surf and skate dirt bike and do all the activities and like when you're a kid i feel like you are really influenced by your brother so that helped me a lot. Like he, I would do everything that he wanted to do. And he actually, he made me want to surf and like be, be good and be the best. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good. And you, you mentioned that like, you guys did a lot of activities when you were younger. In addition to surfing, mm-hmm. there was skating and dirt biking and I mm-hmm. think your your dad was a professional too. I think he surfed in the Pipe Masters in 89 and he's now a North Shore lifeguard. And it sounds like it, <laughs> this was like a huge part of your, your family is being at the yeah. beach and surfing and being comfortable in the ocean. Yeah. My mom actually would, my mom took me out on a surfboard for the first time. Actually, uh, it wasn't my dad, but she would take me down to Holiva. Um, I actually have photos when I was like, like maybe one and a half. And I have this floaty suit on and she'd take me out and put me on the front of her board. And then she'd put me in a tent on the beach by myself while she took my brother out. And then she'd come and switch off with us. Like, my turn, my turn, mommy. Like, that was pretty cool. Great childhood. And then I, I actually, I read something about your mom saying that, you know, most kids, you know, they learn in the whitewash, but you actually learned on face waves, which, uh, A, that seems like a pretty big deal. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, but then I would go down, like, as I got older, maybe I was four or five. I did my first surf contest at, or no, I was four years old. I did my first surf contest. It was the Menahuni, the Hollywood Menahuni contest. And my mom said, Oh, you just do this division, the Kokua, uh, because everyone gets a trophy, apparently. And I was like, No, mom, I want to do it all by myself. So I, she was like, okay, you can go lose, Hano. 
But because I mean, I was four years old in the four to six division. Like there were right. big kids in it. So <laughs> she let me do what I wanted, and I lost. But she was like, "Yeah, you lost." And I was like, "I know, but I did it all by myself." <laughs> and like I was happiest girl ever. Like because the Kokua was the push-in division. Right. Your yeah. parents help you. Everybody wins. But yeah, that was the start of my competitive career. <laughs> And when you continued competing early on, were you competing in shortboarding? Yeah. So in I would do the men and knees till like whatever the cutoff age was. Right. But every year I would do one year shortboard, one year longboard, one year shortboard, one year longboard until the end. Because you could only do one division. Oh, right. So, so you switch switched off. off. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your thinking behind that? You were like, oh, I just want to get good at both or... I just think that I liked both and it was right. just, I couldn't do it every year. So I think every time I was at the top of the division of the shortboard, I would do the shortboard. And then next year I'd do the longboard in the bottom of the division because I was a little better at longboarding, I think. Right. But yeah, that's just a fun fact. <laughs> it It's interesting, like, because we, we talked to a lot of obviously like surfing specialists where they focus on one discipline, but occasionally um, you meet people who excel at sort of all different kinds of equipment and and craft and the through line with them is they say oh look like i me being able to longboard wells i've been able to take things i've learned there and transport it to shortboarding me being able to shortboard well i've taken that and taken it to big wave surfing or whatever it is Mm -hmm. did you find that was the case in 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 kind of becoming proficient in, in both shortboarding and longboarding well yeah actually like i said again i grew up at haleiva so when we were kids, we would have boogie boards, long boards, like every board possible. So we started off like we'd go right after school, all the kids like Jax, Finn, I would go to Mahina, like we and McConaughey. Like, so we had this squad of kids that we would go after school and like we'd all meet at Haliva and just like ride every single board and play with our friends. So it was like it, we loved it from the beginning, you know. And like every single board, like would just make you a better like water person. So I think that's how I ended up like doing everything because I didn't even know what to do. And especially like when I was little, I would surf regular and goofy. And my mom was like, I don't know what Sam she is. And then I finally, she made me regular because she was regular. Um, but <laughs> so fair. just like surfing all kinds of different waves and riding different boards i've always loved it because like my dad showboards my mom long boards and stand up paddles like so i don't i don't really i never really knew what to do it was all fun to me you know what about your dad is he a goofy footer or a natural footer he's goofy i actually wish i was goofy so bad like, why why do you wish you're goofy <laughs> because i've always wanted to surf pipe but i'm uh. too afraid to do backside it, so. It's funny <laughs> with parents and kids because um, I've got a seven-year-old twins, boy and a girl, and um, oh, wow. I don't I don't push them really, but like you know, when I'm I'm sure it's similar for you. Like when your parents mm-hmm. do things, they're like, oh, I want to try that. And so, yeah. um, my son, both of them surf, but my son's really into it, and I'm a goofy footer. And I, anytime he mm-hmm. sort of went natural foot, I'm like, no, no, no. I go, it's like, I'm see, like, that's exactly how it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like. If we ever end up in the Mentawis, I want to make sure we're both pushing for macaronis or something. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, it is convenient, but I wish I was a goofy footer. <laughs> the, um, but what about other, like, he- I mean, Holly Eve is a heavy wave for when it's on as well. Like, it, what about other kind of waves on the North Shore? You said you have a desire to surf pipe, but, you know, mm-hmm. back door yeah. and off the wall and all sorts of other spots. What, what about those spots? Well, I actually used to shortboard backdoor and pipe like just with my friends on a sunny day you know in winter because it was kind of the spot to be and Mm -hmm. I got one or two barrels there at backdoor in my life but it's scary honestly like and it's a heavy spot like with the crowd even though I'm from there I never like want to blow it for anyone so I would always like wait like I don't know hours until there was one wave that was like perfect for me that no one was going on but it takes time you know and it's like a lot of respect too like I don't want to step on anyone's toes so that would always just wait my turn and then someone would give me a wave I wouldn't make most of them but 
like and then I would also go out on my longboard at Pipe um, with Alex Florence. We would uh, sit like kind of on the shoulder and just pick off the small ones on like nice little four foot days. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things too, where, you know, we've, we've been working with this Apple TV series this year and, and they came from Netflix and drive to survive and we brought them over to pipe and uh, we're talking mm-hmm. about it. And, you know, it's one of those things I was trying to explain where, yeah, the wave is a very, very dangerous way, but the crowd is almost makes it so much more dangerous, right? Because you've got maybe yeah. a, 60 people jockeying for, you know, a five square meter takeoff spot um, that kind of shifts around. And I, I kind of think it's one of those things where the crowd's almost more dangerous than the wave in the sense, because you're mm-hmm. kind of being forced into taking marginal waves out there um, because it is it is so yeah. intense. Yeah, that it's there's nowhere like it in the world. That's for sure. And the energy is like next level for sure. Now I'm gonna butcher this, so you're gonna to have to correct me on it. But your your full name is Laakea Kai Honolua. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce it properly? Uh, okay, well that's not even my full name. I don't think oh, okay, anyone good. anyone besides my best friends know my full name. Um, okay. Do you want to? We hear don't it? have to. We don't have to spoil it on the. Yeah, if you're if you if you let us listen to it, for sure. Yeah. So my first name is Tehere. T e h e r e. Okay. Um, it's Tahitian. And then my middle name is Laokea Kai Honolua. And then my other middle name is Taylor. And then my last name is Bloomfield. Okay. So, so what's the story Tehere, behind your names? Yeah. Where'd those come from? <laughs> uh, Tehere means beloved. And it's just like my mom lived in Tahiti for a couple of years, met her best friend there. Um, her best friend's husband gave me that name. And then my middle name was a dream name from my auntie. I'm Hawaiian. So like in my family, sometimes a family member has like a gift or whatever you want to call it. So mm-hmm. she dreamt the name of me and my brothers and my sisters. So every kid in my family, she dreamt the name. And my name means uh, sacred light from the sea of Honolulu Bay. Mm-hmm. So a uh, little backstory would be like my grandpa died a year or two before I was born and like I was supposed to bring healing and like light to my family in the time of like sadness or whatever so mm-hmm. yeah that's what that means <laughs> and then oh, Taylor's the maiden name my grandma's maiden name <laughs> right and is that you know, it's interesting because um, you mentioned um, Alex Lawrence and we've had John and um, Nathan on the podcast and, you know, they talk about, you know, growing up on the North Shore and growing up in Hawaii and growing up as as not being Hawaiian, but, but from Hawaii and that distinction being very important to them. Is that something that you experienced growing up too, um, um, being Hawaiian? Well, honestly... <sighs> Hawaiian, like or not, is kind of a mentality. If you have respect for people and like respect the locals and just are happy and a good person and like try to do what's right at the end of the day, you know, then there shouldn't be any differentiation. It Mm. is one thing to be Hawaiian, you know, and a real local. But if you live a lifestyle of a Hawaiian, like it's that's what we love to see, you know. No. no, that makes a ton of sense. I think that's a, that's a great yeah. perspective on it. I mean, it definitely is amazing being Hawaiian in Hawaii because I don't know you. I don't. I don't even know why, but <laughs> it is nice. <laughs> you know, getting back to your like career, and we talked about you being a fierce competitor from the beginning, and and not ever really feeling nervous. Was there a moment for you where you thought, oh, I'm I'm going to be a professional surfer, like this is going to be my career? Or was it something that was always kind of baked into you having started so young? Mm, I don't know. I feel like it just kind of happened more. Sure. Because like, yeah. I, I did love it. It's my favorite thing to do like in the world still. But I don't think I was like, I want to be a pro surfer. I kind of like just got sponsored by O'Neill and then like, started competing and then next thing you know i'm like winning a lot of contests and then i'm like okay wait yeah maybe i do want to be a pro (laughs) if you weren't a professional surfer what do you think you'd be doing for a job 
I really don't have a clue. <laughs> did you guys go to Sun- Sunset Beach Elementary with all the other crew on the North Shore? I sure did. <laughs> How, what was that like for, for people who've never been there? Maybe describe that elementary school for folks. Oh, well, it is the best school in the world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why, why is that? Why do you think that? Because it's right across the street from Pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I don't know, just great vibes. And like one of the best surf spots in the world is right there. And so we'd go to school and then run across the street and go surfing or surf before school. <laughs> Could you hear the waves breaking on the reef at school? Yeah. When it, Oh, and some days when the contests were on, we didn't have to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a snow day. Yeah, exactly. Because the waves are too big. Sometimes they'd wash over the road. So like some of us that lived on the other side couldn't like make it across. And then especially the eddy. Oh my gosh. Right. The traffic would be crazy and we just wouldn't, they wouldn't really mind us <laughs> missing out. <laughs> you know, you mentioned um, writing for O'Neill. When, when did you sign with them? I got sponsored by them when I was nine, but I, I don't know. I didn't really sign with them until I was maybe 14. So right. like I had a few years like that I just rode for them and then things got more serious. But I've been with them for 12 years, I think, which is like an amazing, you know. I'm so, so lucky and fortunate to have had them for so long. It does feel like one of those brands that likes to invest in talent. You know, that Jordy Smith signed a, a major contract with them. Um, John was on them for a number mm-hmm. of years. And it feels like they're very intentional with who they, they back and, and they're interested in investing in, in elevating that person's identity. That's been my experience from the outside. Definitely, that's how it feels from the inside too. We've kind of grown together like over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you get to input into products, whether it's sort of clothing or wetsuits with them or how's that work? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the things that like wetsuits, I can get my customs, but I don't actually really, I don't have a big part in the designs of clothes or whatever yet, but hopefully in the future, we've been speaking about that. So that would be really cool to do. That's cool. And you talked about uh, getting boards from Two Crows from Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Do they build all your boards or do you get kind of a mix? How does it work uh, for you with, with the equipment you ride? Two Crows was kind of my first sponsor. I was with them for a few years and then started doing like different contests at different waves and couldn't really like, I didn't really want to bother them as much. And I had like other opportunities for boards. So I worked for with Dead Kooks for a bit. Eden Saul, who's from Los, when I was going to Australia a lot. Like I would go from maybe like 2015 till 2020 or 2019. I went like consistently for years. You know, I'd always do the Musa Fest and I love it there. You know, I'm so bummed it's closed, but I worked with them or him for like a little bit, but I've never really had like a board sponsor really i've I've always liked to ride whatever i wanted like right so i got a few boards from him they worked amazing all of the boards that i've gotten have been like insane you know but then just like as i grow and evolve it's like just want something different sometimes and so i started getting michael's michael surfboards um mike takiyama and then after that i just recently got with Wayne Rich in Channel Islands. So I've been working with them for maybe a year or a little less, but it's been going great. And I, I love the boards for sure. I've known Wayne since I was 10 as well. I met him at Malibu that first year. So it's nice to, he's known known me all this time and like watched me surf and knows my surfing. So he's been really good at like trying to make what board will fit what wave and like my surfing and so it's cool <laughs> i've enjoyed working with him yeah that sounds amazing and and it's going to kind of compare and contrast when we talk to ct surfers i'm always like oh look do you have any boards that's not like your ferrari competition model and some of them do but mm-hmm. most of them 
they're basically approach their free surfing and their practices and their competing from a like I just want to keep my number one knife like as sharp as possible. So I'm always surfing mm. the same board. But for someone like you and and certainly with your background and in being very good at shortboarding as well, I'd imagine that you have a more diverse quiver than your standard professional surfer. So so you've got your new place in Carlsbad. What does your quiver look like there in terms of, you know, biggest board to smallest board and everything in between? Well, here I have a, I don't know how big it is, but I'm for what four dimensions. Most of my shapers don't even put them on the board. So <laughs> um, that happens but, a lot though. Like, like some surfers are yeah. like very specific of like, I need to know the leaderage and everything else so that okay. other like high level surfers are like, I don't even want to know. I just build something that yeah. works and I'll. Yeah, I'll yeah. So that's always how it is. I think the one I have now is maybe oh the one that i wrote in the contest is and i know no idea what the rest of the dimensions (laughs) are but i know what what size it is and then i have a twin pin i don't know how big it is either but it works great (laughs) from ci and then i have a harmonic another one from wayne uh it works very great too (laughs) all of them i only have my favorite boards here my dad like took the rest of them home for me to hawaii because I'll be headed there in a few months or in a month, I think. But then my last board I have, oh wait, no, I have a fish beard and a sampler. I think it's like five, seven. So yeah, all kinds of boards. <laughs> but those sound like they're diverse enough to the point where you don't have to overthink, like you don't have like 10 of the same one where you're like, I don't know which of these I'm writing today. You're kind of, <laughs> I'd imagine you're like, oh, I know what the waves are doing. I'm definitely writing this one. <laughs> exactly. Lowers on the sampler. Pipes on the fish beard, <laughs> right. and then lowers on the twin pin too. But that's only shortboarding. <laughs> when do you head back over to Hawaii? Now you, I know you got your new place in California, but you mentioned your dad took your boards back home. And um, you yeah. know, when will you head over there for the season? I think like at the end of November, around then. I have some some things that we do for O'Neill every year there, and then I got to see my family and surf because the waves are getting good. We got a couple more topics to get to as well as questions from the Instagram community, but we're going to take one more break and we'll be right back. Okay. Manduka was founded in 1997 with the simple idea that a better yoga mat could make a world of difference. For generations, Manduka has revolutionized the yoga space by providing purposely crafted products that enable a more joyful practice, whatever that looks like for you. The collaboration between Manduka and Jerry Lopez honors Jerry's profound dedication to both surfing and yoga disciplines. The limited edition collection showcases Jerry's signature camouflage print inspired by his surfboards. It fuses his iconic surf style with Manduka's commitment to quality and sustainability, offering everyone a unique expression of their practice. We all know that having the right gear is essential and a yoga mat is no different. Feel the benefits of yoga with Manduka's soulfully engineered, eco-friendly products designed to inspire your practice wherever you go. The Manduka and Jerry Lopez collection want to inspire you to practice yoga however you choose to. And from now until June 10th, you will get 15% off of all products when you visit manduka.com with the code THELINEUP15. That's manduka.com code the lineup 1515 all right so we talked about heading back to hawaii um the end of november and now you're a three-time world champ and and Hopefully, hopefully, uh, the world starts sort of stabilizing in 2022 after the last couple of years of uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. What are your career goals at this point as a three-time world champion? This is the youngest three-time world champion in the sports history. I think that my goals are more world titles. <laughs> if possible. Oh, I- I think that's interesting, right? Because there are a lot of people that win one and they're like, I've achieved it. I just kind of want to kick back and cruise. And even winning threes is kind of a big deal. And you could easily kind of coast on that for a long time. But you want more. Yeah, I just think that I'm young now. And like, it's kind of the time like that I could probably do best in my competing. So I definitely want to try. I'm not saying it'll happen, but 
that's always what the goal is, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but also, like, y- you are young now, but I mean, Kelly Slater is going to turn 50 in February. He's still surfing at a very high level. And Joel Tudor's, I think, 45. He just won another Great world point. title, too, right? <laughs> like, you. Yeah, I I don't know if age is and I and I know I mean you can look at other sports too like there's sort of older and older athletes that are performing. Um, yeah, I don't now know that if I it's such a it holdback anymore, right? Like, I guess not. I I didn't really think about it like that, but yeah, I don't know. I do definitely want to cruise, but I love competing and I love surfing, so better keep going. <laughs> In in terms of that kind of performance longevity, do you do anything specific in terms of training? Do you cross train? Do you do yoga? Do you do other sports? Like, what's your outside the water regime for staying to, to continue to kind of surf your best? Oh goodness, I'm really bad at <laughs> this part. Um, I just surf because that's the best practice you can get, and that's what my dad always told me, and it's always seemed to work for me. So, but I do also. I skate a little bit, so it like kind of makes keeps my legs strong. I guess that's like really all I could consider cross training or I don't like work out or anything. Eventually maybe I will, but <laughs> well, it's, I mean it's working so far, so you don't need to change up too much. <laughs> do you still do motocross as well or I do. Um I have a dirt bike at home, but not here in California. I, but sometimes I go with my friends here. I love it a lot for sure. <laughs> You know, we talked about how um, the world kind of shut down for the last couple mm-hmm. of years, um, especially in terms of travel. Were you traveling a lot for for your career before that? And if you were, is that something you look forward to getting back to after? Yeah, I definitely. Um, I was traveling. I think I'm trying to remember what I was doing. Oh, I, I had gone to Australia right when COVID hit. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I was traveling a bit. And then the year before that, I think I went to Japan, Spain, Portugal, Taiwan. So, yeah, I definitely do a lot of traveling normally. Uh, I love going to Bali. But since COVID hit, I haven't um, really gone many places except for Mexico and here. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I want to hit the road and go somewhere fun, maybe on a few surf trips somewhere. Do you ever get homesick when you're traveling for, you know, weeks or months at a time? So luckily my mom is a flight attendant <laughs> and I can kind of go home whenever I want um, from here at least. But like, yeah, I guess on the road, I don't know. I never really go anywhere for too long. And if I do, it's because I want to be there and like I love it so much there. So I try to keep it to like one or two week trips for sure. Between now and when you head back to Hawaii, the end of November, we're gonna have mm-hmm. let's see a couple of weeks. We got Halloween, we got the month of November. What are you, what are your plans? What are you doing? Hopefully, surfing a lot more. <laughs> After all my moving in, I think I have a few more things to do still here. I have never moved anywhere, so I've it's been a new experience for me. But you need a TV and all a couch. I'm like, what do I do next? <laughs> but after that, I hopefully can get in the water like a lot more i'm gonna try to surf a lot do you think you're gonna stay in when you when you go surfing do you think you'll stay in sort of san diego or are you gonna travel up north like or you just kind of like get used Ooh, to being um, in your new spot i think i'm definitely gonna go to santa barbara and try sure. to surf ring con a bit try to work with uh wayne my shaper and then yeah i love cardiff reef it's my favorite wave in probably in california so I'm going to probably just serve there and like pipes. Love that Encinitas area. There's kind of like every wave you can imagine. Like where, where it, there's shortboard waves. I forget if it's called like Seaside or something. Sure, down in I don't really yeah. know. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just go with like the boys, like my a few of my guy friends. Right. And they just take me wherever they go to shortboard. <laughs> what about the longboard title event for next year? Do you think it should come back to Malibu? Ooh, um, and if not, where would you want it to be? Honestly, I don't really have a, an opinion. I would love it to be at Malibu. It is kind of tough. Malibu is really unpredictable. So uh, they kind of killed it, though, with the dates this year, like right. luckily. But I've served some contests at Malibu that have been like really small. 
um, and kind of unfair. Like, I'd love to see it at a left, too. I don't know. I really don't care. Um, yeah, wherever. I'll be there. <laughs> That makes sense. So I, I mentioned we, we put a feeler out for questions from our uh, Instagram followers and we got a lot back, but we whittled them down to three. Oh, the first question is from at the real G underscore Reg, who asks, what is your favorite board to ride that's not a longboard? Um, that's an easy one. <laughs> Mikey February Twin Pin. Oh. It's my favorite board, even like in the world, not like just longboard or shortboard. I like it more than my longboards. <laughs> what do you like? It? What do you like about it? Um, it's like the best shortboard I've ever ridden. I think I don't know how to explain it. But <laughs> it's just like super fast and really responsive. <laughs> I like it. It's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, second question is from at Willie Goat O two thirty, who says. Uh, Kia Ora from Aotearoa. So we have a, a New Zealander with us. And the question is, would you ever think of competing in shortboarding? Everyone asks me this. <laughs> 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 That's a tough one. Um, I definitely think about it often, but I don't know if I would ever actually do it. So. Why do you think that is? <laughs> There's a lot of great girls out there right now and i don't know if i could keep up um, so yeah that's honestly the answer i think but maybe you never know you never sure know. of course it does feel like it's sort of an all-consuming thing at this point right and it'd be exactly. you'd almost and have to like not give up but you'd have to pause your your yes. longboarding and even riding your favorite board in the world the mikey february twin pin for a bit i'd imagine mm-hmm. i mean it would definitely be cool I definitely think about it often. So maybe you never know. (laughs) (laughs) The third question is from at Andy Cashford, who asks, what drives you in the world of longboarding? My love for it. (laughs) Fair, fair answer. Well, thanks to the Instagram community for those questions. Mm -hmm. We're now down to the final segment. It's time for the lightning round presented by Michelob Ultra Pure Gold. So we have 10 questions for you to answer as quickly as you can. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. These are fun. Don't worry about it. Okay. First question. If you could only have one board set up for the rest of your life, single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad bonzer, or finless, which would you choose? Single fin. Coffee or tea? Neither. <laughs> Burrito or pizza? Burrito, for sure. Last book you read? <laughs> Diary of a Wimpy Kid in fifth grade, I think. <laughs> Best surf film ever. View from a Blue Moon. That's John Dong, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. One wave you never have to go back to. China, Hainan. <laughs> if you only got to surf one wave for the rest of your life. Sunset Point. Best person to share a lineup with. My dad. Worst person to share a lineup with. No names. <laughs> but you have them. You have them in your life. I do. All right, this is the last one. Finish okay. this sentence. I will next achieve a state of happiness by... Surfing. Honolulu Bloomfield, congratulations on your third world title. Thank you so much for coming on the lineup, and we look forward to seeing all the things you're going to achieve in the coming months and years. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. So that's it. That's the lineups conversation with Hawaii's Honolulu Bloomfield. I hope you enjoyed it. This episode is produced by Hendo Bayer with art direction by Jason Penning and copywriting by Dan Willen. Thanks to them and thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. The lineup acknowledges that it was recorded and produced on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, the Kumie, and the native Hawaiian people. I hope you safely get some waves wherever you are and we'll see you next Tuesday. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. 
We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup.